Welcome to High on Healthy, energized by A6 Wellness. Each week, you will learn of the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Now, here's your personal advocate for living a healthy and active lifestyle, Audrey Kerger. Thank you for joining me today on High Unhealthy, Energized by A6 Wellness. I'm your hostess, Audrey Kerger, and my guest today is Dr. David Behrman, MD, one of the most clinically knowledgeable physicians in the U.S. in the field of medicinal marijuana. He has spent 40 years working on substance and drug abuse treatment and prevention programs. Dr. Behrman was a pioneer in the free and community clinic movement. His career includes public health, administrative medicine, provisions of primary care, pain management, and cannabinology. His almost 40 years of professional experience in the drug abuse treatment and prevention field includes being the co-director of the Haight-Ashbury Drug Treatment Program, being a member of the Governor Reagan's Interagency Task Force on Drug Abuse, a member of both the Santa Barbara and the San Diego County Drug Abuse Technical Advisor Committees, and a consultant to Hoffman LaRoche, Santa Barbara County Schools, and the National PTA. He has been recognized by the Santa Barbara Medical Society with the Humanitarian Recognition Award. Dr. Behrman is also the author of Drugs Are Not the Devil's Tools, How Discrimination and Greed Created a Dysfunctional Drug Policy and How It Can Be Fixed, in two volumes, and Demons, Discrimination, and Dollars, A Brief History of the Origins of American Drug Policy. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Behrman. Thank you for having me. So I have so many questions for you today. I'd like to just begin at asking you, can you explain to our listeners what type of doctor you are and where did you study? Okay, well, uh, my training really is in general practice. Uh, I actually started medical school at the University of Wisconsin and kind of got sick of uh, all the snow and everything. I graduated from the University of Washington in Seattle, and then I did a rotating internship at the U.S. Public Health Hospital uh, in Seattle. And uh, since that time, of course, uh, I've had a couple of thousand hours of continued medical education, and at least 500 of those hours have to do with cannabis cannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system. And I've worked at pretty much all levels of government, and uh, I've tried to learn um, when I'm when I'm doing that and another way that I've uh, increased my knowledge is I do a lot of expert witness work I've testified at trial over 500 times and uh, each time you testify uh, you have to uh, learn what the specific uh, issues are in that case and brush up on uh, on those points so I feel that I know quite a bit uh, about uh, the issues involved with uh, medicinal cannabis, and there's quite a bit to know. So I certainly don't know everything, uh, but I found uh, this to be a very exciting and challenging field. We need to take a short break, but when we come back, we will continue our discussion with Dr. David Behrman, who is one of the most knowledgeable physicians in California regarding the medical use of cannabis. More when High Unhealthy returns in just a minute. Awaken, adjust, and aspire to hear more High on Healthy after this short rest break.
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The smoke is rising and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network, CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store's sales, trends, and competition, Better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends? Identify and compare your top products and categories and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's eqio.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Let's get back to getting high on healthy, energized by A6 Wellness, only on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you for joining me today on High Unhealthy, Energized by A6 Wellness. I'm your hostess, Audrey Kerger, and my guest today is Dr. David Behrman. His illustrative 45-plus-year professional relationship in the drug abuse treatment and prevention field, he has had over 220 hours experience and over 500 cases worked on in consulting and expert witnesses with over 150 hours at trial. Now, we were just discussing the physicians that he has helped educate and helped become advocates for this amazing cannabis cause. Well, I find it a very exciting field as well. And I'm just so excited to hear that there are so many advocates for this. And I wanted to ask, since you have held so many esteemed positions, can you tell us more about a few of them and how they have affected you and your current outlook on policies in place currently? Okay, well, thank you. Well, actually, the first person that even suggested tangentially that cannabis had therapeutic value was my father, who was a pharmacist. 
And back in about 1959, we were discussing alcohol prohibition, which was something that uh, we talked about from time to time. Uh, and my father mentioned that when he was a freshman at the University of Minnesota School of Pharmacy in 1928, that one of their assignments was to make tincture of cannabis. And he said, we had to be very careful because the alcohol was illegal. And I took a look at his uh, 1927 Remington's textbook of pharmacy, and uh, there was on page 999 how to make tincture of cannabis, and that it was useful in treating pain and treating anxiety. And we did a little survey, the American Academy of Cannabinoid Medicine, of which I'm the uh, executive vice president, and found after a survey of 300 people, 100 from each of three different doctors, that pain and anxiety were the top two reasons why cannabinoid medicine specialists recommended cannabis. So it wasn't surprising that it was in that 1927 textbook. So I had that as a background, and then uh, I uh, went to, uh, I helped start the third free clinic in the country up in Seattle. Uh, then I went to San Francisco where I worked for the federal government uh, giving money away. That's a pretty good job. And I volunteered at the Haight-Ashbury Clinic and then uh, was uh, uh, responsible as a co-director of the drug treatment program there. And during that time, of course, I, I was continuing to learn, continuing to go to continuing medical education uh, activities and talking with people who uh, were very much involved in drug abuse treatment and prevention. In fact, uh, Hoffman LaRoche invited 43 of the top uh, substance abuse uh, professionals in the country to a conference uh, in New Hampshire where they wanted us to give them advice on what they should do about uh, benzodiazepines. Uh, they did, uh, by the way, ignore our advice, and four years later, uh, they got raked over the coals by uh, the Senate uh, Health Committee, uh, which was uh, co-chaired by uh, the late Senator Escoffer and uh, the late Senator Ted Kennedy. And uh, they were criticized because the benzodiazepines were uh, being overprescribed. So there's been a number of uh, positions that I've held that have had to do with medicine uh, dealing with uh, treatment and prevention of uh, substance abuse problems. I, I've taught at the University of California in San Francisco, University of California in Santa Barbara, San Diego State University courses on not only uh, the physiology of uh, uh, substances of abuse, but also the origin of American drug policy. And I've testified more than 500 times in court uh, on a number of uh, psychoactive drug uh, issues, uh, about 150 or 200 of those uh, visits have had to do with uh, with cannabis. And some of the cases that I've been involved with have to do with the quality of care uh, of substance abuse uh, treatment. So I've been at this for a long time. For the last 15 years, I uh, have been in private practice uh, doing pain management and cannabinoid medicine. Uh, prior to that, uh, for 17 years, I worked with the oldest Medicaid-managed care program in the country. And in that capacity, I did do a, a look at uh, doctors' uh, prescribing habits uh, in terms of pain medication. And one of the interesting things that uh, has been found, and I'm sure that you or your listeners are aware of this, is that uh, not only is 
pain or analgesia, the number one reason why cannabinoid medicine specialists recommend cannabis, but we've also found that there is a 30 to 50 percent decrease uh, in the dosage of opiates that chronic pain patients use who are also using cannabis. So I, I don't want to ramble on here. One of the things they taught me in medical school is if you ask a patient a historical question and they talk for more than two minutes without stopping, they're crazy until proven otherwise. So I think I'll stop before uh, I reach the two-minute limit. Now, we've got to take a brief couple of minutes to tell you about our sponsors. More when High Unhealthy returns. Awaken, adjust, and aspire to hear more High Unhealthy after this short rest break. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Boober Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Boober Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way. Equio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform, puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Maui Wowie, Acapulco Gold, California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Let's get back to getting high on healthy, energized by A6 Wellness, only on CannabisRadio.com. And thank you for joining me today on High on Healthy, Energized by A6 Wellness. I'm your hostess, Audrey Kerger, and my guest today is Dr. David Behrman. His illustrative 45-plus-year professional relationship in the drug abuse and treatment field He has had over 220 hours of experience, and he is one of the most knowledgeable physicians in California regarding the medical use of cannabis. Paul, I appreciate you sharing that. You have been touching lives for a very long time in a very special way, and I know that you mentioned that your interests were really piqued when your father was telling you about this. What I'd like to know is you've been at this for so long and even your father was studying about cannabis medicine, you know, when he was in school. What are some of the things that have frustrated you the most over the last 20, 30 years that you have known that you're dealing with personally? 
Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I think the insanity of the federal government is uh, right at the uh, top, and the unwillingness uh, to follow the science. Uh, you know, we see that uh, time and time again. I grew up in this small town in Wisconsin, and I think that uh, I have a tendency to be very naive and think uh, that things should be run uh, the way the books say they're run, and they're not. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration is a revolving door for people who uh, have worked in the pharmaceutical industry and then go right back into the pharmaceutical industry. And so we end up having some uh, medications being understudied and some medications being overstudied. I think the single thing that disturbs me the most is that we knew in 1974 that cannabis had the ability to kill cancer cells, and yet the federal government did not launch uh, a full-scale attack on cancer and the use of cannabis to kill cancer cells. Uh, they really assiduously avoided uh, funding uh, research on the use of cannabis to uh, kill cancer cells. In fact, uh, last year when uh, then-Vice President Biden uh, started his uh, crusade in regards to uh, looking at new forms of treatment for cancer, uh, I sent a letter to uh, Vice President President Biden, and all I got back was a form letter response. There just was no interest uh, at the White House in taking a look at cannabis for uh, the treatment of cancer. And, you know, it's ironic. I mentioned uh, Ted Kennedy uh, earlier, and Kennedy died from uh, a somewhat rare uh, brain tumor called a glioblastoma. And we have some of the strongest evidence that cannabis is useful in curing uh, uh, glioblastoma or at least killing glioblastoma cells for any cancer around. And in fact, right now uh, in the United Kingdom uh, and in Israel, we have human studies that are going on to see whether or not cannabis is actually useful uh, in real life. Uh, there's a researcher in Madrid named Dr. Manuel Guzman who's been doing research on the use of cannabinoids and cannabis to uh, kill glioblastoma cells for over a decade uh, and he's had some very, very impressive results. To a certain extent, I take this particular thing seriously in regards to glioblastoma and cancer because about two years ago, I received a call from the adult daughter of the woman I took to the prom uh, almost 50 years ago, uh, and, no, over 50 years ago, that her father, and I you know, uh, kept the close uh, contact with uh, these people as old friends and would see them every few years and so forth, who had a glioblastoma. And uh, they lived in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not a medical cannabis state. I did know some people in Minnesota, but uh, they could not get uh, the Rick Simpson oil. And uh, this man, who was a lovely man, uh, passed away. And I find that... Uh, Extremely disturbing, extremely aggravating, uh, particularly when we take a look at the science uh, that has uh, been done in uh, Italy, in Spain, in Israel, and in the United States, for that matter, uh, on animals. But most of this research on uh, the use of cannabis for cancer has been done in other countries, not in the United States. So there's so much to be disturbed with about the way in which medicinal cannabis has been um, 
treated. And I think the other thing is the the propaganda and the fact that uh, we have not been able to rise above the misinformation uh, that has been spewed uh, for over a hundred years. And it's related a lot to the using drug policy, not just policy about cannabis, but other drugs, as a tool, as a weapon to marginalize, discriminated against groups. Uh, the first uh, group I think that uh, this was used for uh, were the uh, Chinese. Uh, in 1873, you had uh, smoking opium uh, prohibited. Now, the most common use of opium at that time was in over-the-counter patent medicines. Uh, one of the examples is Lydia Pinkham's vegetable compound for the treatment of women's unmentionable ills. And it was basically alcohol and opium. And of course, we still use uh, codeine uh, and other opiates to treat uh, uh, menstrual uh, uh, issues, menstrual pain. So, I mean, she was on the right track, and 75% of the opium that came into the country uh, in the 19th century was for use in patent medicines, not uh, for use to be smoked uh, by uh, people in um, uh, opium dens. And of course, the opium dens were uh, vilified. Uh, the uh, charge was that uh, Chinese men were luring virginal Protestant women. Uh, apparently, they didn't lure uh, virginal Catholic women, only virginal Protestant women, into the uh, opium dens and then uh, uh, got them uh, high on opium and took advantage of them. Now, whether or not that ever happened or whether it happened once in a blue moon, I don't know. But I do know that the city of San Francisco uh, outlawed smoking opium in 1873. We also noted that uh, in the 1840s, when we started to have increasing numbers of Irish Catholics come to this country as a result of the potato famine uh, in Ireland, that the temperance movement uh, began to uh, change from temperance to prohibition. And the British uh, had a long history of being extraordinarily hostile and negative towards the Irish. They saw the Irish as not being as evolutionarily evolved as they were. And uh, they felt that they were at the bottom of the evolutionary totem pole, uh, that they couldn't hold their liquor. Uh, and uh, they, uh, back, if we take a look at, say, slavery, a lot of people are unaware that in the uh, uh, 16th and 17th century and even into the 18th century, that Irish slaves uh, outnumbered uh, African slaves uh, in the New World, uh, in the Caribbean uh, and in the United States. And a lot of people try to correct me and say, oh, you're, you mean indentured servants. No, no, I mean slaves. I know the difference between an indentured servant and a slave. And it was actually cheaper to have Irish slaves than to have African slaves. Uh, they just went over to Ireland and routed up uh, uh, the men uh, who had uh, been uh, soldiers. Uh, and then after they were gone, the women and their children couldn't support themselves, so they sent them over to uh, the uh, Barbados and uh, other places in the Caribbean. So we have used drug policy for many, many years um, as a tool to marginalize people. Um, blacks and Hispanics are only the latest uh, in centuries uh, worth of different countries uh, using uh, this as just one more tool to marginalize and discriminate against people. In that process, of course, we have 
managed to ignore 4,000 years of the historical use of cannabis as a medicine. And again, a lot of people are unaware that in 1937, uh, when the Marijuana Tax Act was being discussed uh, at the House Ways and Means Committee, that the AMA testified against the Marijuana Tax Act. And they didn't just testify mildly against it. They were extremely hostile towards the Marijuana Tax Act. And they said they knew of no dangers from the medical use of cannabis. At that time, Cannabis has been in the United States Pharmacopeia, which is a sort of semi-official compilation of commonly used therapeutic agents since 1850. And in the 1920s, American physicians wrote 3 million prescriptions a year that contained cannabis. And at the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, cannabis was the third most common constituent of prescription medications and over-the-counter medications in this country. They followed uh, alcohol and opiate were number one and number two, and cannabis was number three. Uh, So cannabis had been used for uh, many years in this country uh, as a medicine, and we know that uh, it goes back to 2637 B.C. uh, to the uh, writing of the first uh, Materia Medica by uh, Shan Nen, uh, the second emperor of China, or possibly the mythical second emperor of China, and uh, he did include uh, Ma, that's spelled M-A, which is the uh, Chinese pronunciation for the word uh, for cannabis, uh, and said that it was useful for treating pain and a number of other uh, conditions. And cannabis has been found in pretty much every major Materia Medica ever written. The oldest hard copy of Materia Medica is one dealing with Ayurvedic medicine that goes back to somewhere between 1100 and 1700 B.C. So this stuff is not new on the scene. And if we go back In this country, uh, to the early part of the 20th century, we find that all major pharmaceutical companies in the United States uh, produced either whole leaf cannabis, uh, powdered cannabis, or tincture cannabis, uh, and that it was included in many, many patent medicines that were were on the market. And the pharmaceutical companies have names that will be familiar to uh, your listening audience to include Merck, uh, Park Davis, uh, Squibb, uh, Sharpen Dome. Uh, the uh, Smith Brothers, who uh, with the cough drops, actually was a pharmaceutical company, and they made uh, cannabis-based products. Uh, in 1937, when the Marijuana Tax Act was passed, um, there were at least 28 patent medicines on the market. You could walk in any drugstore in the United States and buy without a prescription. So there's a lot of things to be upset about, which is why I wrote my 500-page book, and I got a new uh, version of that that will be coming out within uh, a month or so, and I certainly think that your readers will find uh, that interesting, particularly readers that are interested in history and want to get some idea, how did we end up with this wonderful medication, this wonderful plant, uh, having uh, the stigma attached to it that it does? This is something that should be disturbing to all Americans. Well... I couldn't say it better myself. This is very disturbing. And just everything that you said, you know, the glioblastoma with the GW Pharmaceutical just releasing that huge study showing that people lived 84 or 82% longer lifespan um, when they were suffering with that glioblastoma. And I am very also 
familiar with the science and research studies that are going on at the Complutense University in Madrid, Spain, with, you know, that whole organization there. They have just really blown it out of the water. And that's why I have a show like I do, because people still stand for this demonization of this plant it's so funny to me or frustrating to me personally that people still see this as something bad and so i really appreciate you going through all of that history for our listeners it's very important that people really do start to hear this and thank goodness for the internet it's really allowing that to start happening now on a very large scale so i really appreciate all of the things that you just shared with us. But for now, we have to wrap it up. To continue this discussion, visit a6wellness.com. And I cannot forget to give a tremendous thank you today to our guest, Dr. David Behrman. Lastly, thank you to my producer, George, for another great show. Until then, awaken, adjust, aspire, affirm, action. A6 Wellness. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.